Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives, here on 97.5 CIO EFM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you're stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today I am with Sarah Korkum, owner of Motion Dance Center in Beaverbank, Nova Scotia. Welcome, Sarah, to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about uh, dance and this aspect, how dance relates to health. So that is very exciting. Can you tell us a little bit of your story, where you grew up and how you eventually ended up dancing. <laughs> okay. Uh, I grew up here in uh, Sa- in Lower Sackville in Nova Scotia. Um, I born and raised, I still live only a couple streets away from my parents. Um, I was not a super graceful child. I My parents' favorite story is that I used to walk into the walls. Like I would be so focused on voices around me that I didn't watch where I was going. So they put me in ballet at two, hoping it would make me more graceful and uh, give me a little more focus. Um, And they kind of kept me there because it was a good outlet for my energy as a child. It was a good place to go and just run and get some some exercise, get some energy out. Uh, It wasn't until I was about nine that I started to really take it seriously. And it went from dad saying, okay, put on your tights, it's time to go to dance, to me saying, dad, do I have dance class today? Do I have dance class today? So that's when they noticed I was a little more serious about it. Um, than maybe they had initially thought and they looked into some different options for more than just a recreational 45 minute a week ballet class. From there, I started dancing with Polly Ann Ruland. Uh, she had, we called ourselves the Sackville School of Dance and we were in the sports stadium here and uh, we had a competitive program there and she introduced me to a whole new world of dance. We started going to competitions where we would take our routines on stage and we would have professionals from around the country or around the world even who would come in and they would watch us and and give some feedback on our style, our technique uh, and an overall score. And I just I fell in love with, uh, I guess, that aspect of it. it. It gave me more of a drive to work hard because I knew that, uh, you know, there was sort of that that big moment where you get to go on the big stage and you got to be seen by people who you know, maybe one day would discover you (laughs) was my dream at 10 years old. Um, I did competitive dancing up until I was 19 years old. And I took a break after that. Uh, I went to university. And uh, after my first year of university, I realized um, something was kind of missing in life. It's sort of not that, you know, I wouldn't say that it was depression, but I just felt very low energy, um, not motivated really to get up and go during the day. 
I had taken up running thinking I was missing that endorphin high, that physical mm-hmm. activity. And I took up running and I, I mean, to this day, I don't really care for it. <laughs> everybody's thing. No, people talk about the runner's high, but I never really found it. <laughs> I don't get it either. No. I get my high from other things. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, then I tried spin class and I tried yoga and I tried all of these different physical activities and just nothing gave me that spark mm-hmm. uh, or that, that that feeling. So I finally found an adult dance class and I joined uh, a professional troupe mm-hmm. that was run out of Elmsdale wow. uh, called what Function. Kind of, what kind of dance did you do there? That just uh, conventional dance, uh, social dance? Uh, so what we did uh, growing up, I took jazz, tap, ballet, hip hop, contemporary. Um, I took a little bit of ballroom, salsa, Uh, My parents were actually ballroom competitors, which is a fun fact. Um, So I guess it's hereditary almost. But (laughs) I took I took as many styles as I could because I was so hungry to learn. And when I went back to dancing as an adult with function, we did contemporary jazz and hip hop. And it just it reminded me of what it was that I loved so much about dance. It wasn't just the physical aspect. That's why I couldn't replace it. It was the community aspect I mean, my, my best friends, I'm 31, and my best friends now are still the people that I met in dance class all those years ago. Wow, wow, wow. Is Polly Orland still around? Polly Ann, I, yes, I know is. her well from the Toastmasters. Oh, she, do you? She was, she was a treasurer, and then I took over from her when she oh decided gosh, to take a break. Her. She's a lovely, lovely woman. Polly, if you're here, we all love you. <laughs> yes, I love Polly so much. Yeah. Um, I opened my own dance studio in 2015, and yeah. I... As soon as I had it open, I thought I had to track Pollyanne down and I found her on Facebook and just sort of said to her, you know, this is what I've done with my life. And a big part of it was because I saw how much you loved dance and what you put into it when you owned uh, the team that we were on. And it's really inspired me to keep going. So that's that's sort of where I am now today. Uh, my studio has been open three years and every year we've grown. We now have two studios wow. in the building that are running and we have classes running seven days a week. And I just... I I love seeing the kids come in. You know, I I have parents who will call me and say, I'd like to get my daughter into something. You know, she's hit puberty and she's she's heavier and I'm trying to find some sort of activity or exercise that she'll enjoy. Do you think she'd enjoy a dance class? And I always say, you know, bring them in, bring them in. We offer free trial classes. Just come in and try. Yeah. Um, And we've been really lucky to build a bit of a community. Um, We call ourselves the motion family because that's really what it is. We, we have uh, 162 students and I make sure that I know everybody's name so that when they come to the studio, even if they're not in my class that I'm teaching, they come in and they know that Miss Sarah knows who they are and they get that sense of community because dance is about so much more than just the physical health aspects. Now, that is really wonderful. I, I, I love that you say the community aspect because mm-hmm. I feel that is very important that people that are participating in any sport of any kind need to be able to enjoy it. Yeah. And I think the community and being with others that have the same goals is, is quite important. If you're just sitting at home and trying to go run on your uh, own treadmill, yes, you can watch TV, but it's still quite boring. It's isolating almost. Mm, it is, yeah. yeah. So when people come to your dance classes, is it mostly girls or are boys attracted to dance too? I've, I've been in 
the lucky position to have a couple of very talented gentlemen who dance with me. Um, I have, I have one little boy and I just know it, he's nine and give him two or three years. He'll be a professional. He just has more raw talent than I have ever seen in a dancer. Um, but having him as a student has really inspired other dancers. So I have five competitive teams and on those teams, I have three male dancers, which is not, not really common in our scene. I find okay. it's, it's mainly mm -hmm. females that dance, but I, um, actually all of the males, except for one, all of my male dance students, it's been, you know, Hayden's little sister takes class and I see him in the hallway and I say, Hayden, I see you out there dancing. Why don't you just come try a class? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he says, oh no, boys don't dance. You know what? Come inside and try. And they fall in love. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have students that are 18 months old, students that are wow, 52 just, just years be able old. to walk. <laughs> yeah. So I have all ages, all yeah. genders. Um, we, we try and be as welcoming to any, anybody, any type of person we can, because mm -hmm. the great thing about dance is that it's just, it's a universal language and it doesn't matter if you're tall, thin, overweight, underweight, male, female, uh, gender fluid. It doesn't matter if there's a place for you in dance. That's how I mm -hmm. feel about it. Oh, I, I love that, that everybody has a place there and everybody can come and try it out. Mm -hmm. So how do you spot if somebody is talented or really would be a good fit? Are there, are there any things that you can see when you raise a child that they may be good dancers or may have fun dancing, whether they're good or not? Well... I, f I find as far as fun dancing, um, I work very hard to make sure that every class has that element of fun. And I'm constantly, constantly upgrading my education and researching new methods to find uh, a new way to spark a child's interest. But as far as finding talent, um, there's no one thing that makes a talented dancer. And the great thing about the dance industry is there's so many different types of dancers needed. There's your classical ballerina who's, you know, a certain body type, a certain height with that leg that kicks up to their nose. Mm -hmm. There's your classical like rocket dancer who's, you know, between five foot seven and five foot nine and can kick to 90 degrees. You know, there's, there's that. And then you have the performance artists. You, th that's where you get into any body type, any style, any flexibility level. Uh, I find what makes the most talented dancer is when somebody has a true passion for it. Yeah, the passion is always important, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I can feel the passion from you, and I love hearing that <laughs> passion. <laughs> it's definitely been a big part of my life. It's shaped yeah. who I am. Yeah, yeah. So are you still competitively dancing, or did you drop out of that? I do occasionally, um, not at the same level. I, I mean, I currently teach five days a week. Uh, most months I teach about 80 hours myself mm -hmm. on top of the rest of what I do with the studio. Um, I don't find that I have the same time myself to compete, yeah. but I do try and do every year. I do a routine with myself, my other instructors and my teaching assistants, because I think that giving teenagers and preteens, even in some cases, that empowerment to come into a classroom and not just be, you know, Ellie, the dancer, but Miss Ellie, the assistant who has been allowed to come in and help shape the younger dancers. I try and give them that. And as a reward to them for working so hard for me in class, I put together a really fun and really challenging routine that they get to do with me at competition. So I do, I still see the stage sometimes. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. And uh, now you said the The leaders kind of are called Miss So-and-so, Miss So-and-so. Why is yes. that? 
Um, well, I think that it's really important to give that level of respect to somebody who is in a teaching position. And, you know, teenagers these days, it's so different from when I was a teenager and they face so many hardships that I never would have had to deal with. Social media has brought so many hardships for teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you find, when you find a 13, 14, 15 year old who you see that little bit of leadership ability, you see that little bit of, uh, perhaps a spark to be an educator of some form. It's important that they feel that same respect. So I make sure that every assistant is either Miss so and so or Mr. so and so. And if the kids say, Oh, Ellie, Ellie, I can't wait to show you. I say, No, 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 she's Miss Ellie. And I make sure that the kids give them that respect because I think that it's really important for them. I really love that. That is a nice ending for the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio. Please tune in after the commercial break for more with Sarah Cobham. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and I am with today's guest, Sarah Korkum of Motion Dance Center in Beaverbank. And in the first half, we were talking a little bit about how she went into dance and what she's doing now. And you also told me in the break that Dancing helps you during your own pregnancy. Tell us about that. It did, yeah. So uh, I had my daughter in 2014. Um, I, When I found out I was pregnant, I was teaching dance at the time. And I thought, oh, you know, <laughs> there goes that. But I said to myself, as long as, you know, my doctor thinks it's okay, I'll continue teaching as long as I can. Uh, and I taught uh, the senior conditioning classes for all of their senior competitive dancers, as well as I taught bar fitness and adult dance classes up until wow. I was seven and a half months pregnant. That is um, amazing. Yeah, I, I I remember being seven and a half <laughs> months pregnant, and I was leading the seniors through a three-minute-long ab workout. And I remember saying to them, if I can do this at seven and a half months pregnant, and you are only 14 years old, get down on the ground and keep going. <laughs> you don't have an excuse. <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah. That so, motivates people. Yeah. So yeah. I actively taught till I was seven and a half months pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, I was put off by my doctor because it was just getting to be too much. Mm -hmm. um, so I had my daughter in February of 2014. And, uh, you know, it, it was... As, as far as childbirth goes, it was an easy delivery. Um, and I credit a lot of that to the fact that I was able to stay so active during my pregnancy. And after I had her, I was back to teaching uh, within about four months. Wow. I was really lucky that the studio I was working for at that time was open to me bringing her. I would put her in a baby carrier and I would come in with her strapped onto my chest and I would teach with her. 
Um, and you, you would know, teach with her strap to your yeah. chest. Oh, that's a picture for the gods. Oh my goodness. Savannah <laughs> has grown up in a dance studio. Oh, wonderful. um, and it was about that time when I started teaching with her that I thought, do you know what? Um, here I am teaching with my baby and I know so many people who have just had a baby and would love to get back into dancing and would mm. love to, you know, find a way to get active, but with their babies, because as a new mom, it's so hard to leave them. You I can't. mean, She's, she's four and I'm even like, I miss her right now. <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever you can do with your children, you don't yeah. want to miss it. Yeah. So I, uh, that was sort of the first, the first inkling of opening my own studio was I would love to create a space that people could be with their babies for doing this. So I started small when I opened and I had some baby wearing ballet classes, which are among my favorite and I still have them now. So babies of any age, they can be six weeks old, they can be six months, they can be 18 months. If they fit in a baby carrier, you're welcome. Wow. So we have uh, moms come in with their babies, uh, you know, in a sling, in a carrier, any form of hands-free device. And we do a very gentle ballet class. So they get all of their bar work. We do center work. We do across the floor. And it's a beneficial class for moms because it's a nice way to ease back into fitness mm -hmm. and into physical activity after childbirth, which is so important. Yes. But it's also so good for the babies because they get that rocking motion when we're doing our plies at the bar or when we're mm -hmm. going across the floor. So most of them get rocked to sleep, which is great. It's such a good bonding moment. Skin on skin contact is huge for moms and babies for things like you know, bonding milk production for the moms. It's such oh, yes. a huge thing. Huge. So it allows them to have that while being active and the different music that we play. We use waltzes, we use foxtrots, we use marches, we use all those different tempos and listening to those different tempos helps those babies with building different pathways in their brains. So it's such a beneficial class for everyone who attends. And it was sort of where I started with my studio. So you told me that the babies then later get put on the floor and exercise themselves and yeah. clap their hands to the rhythms and yeah. tell, tell us about what you do with them. That must be a lot of fun. It's so much fun. So with, uh, with my classes, I have certification in a program called IntelliDance, which was created by Jessica Giffen out of uh, Calgary in Alberta. She designed this program with so many years of research put behind it. And it's a program with lesson plans set out from kids starting as young as six months old. So that's where we start our classes. Um, at six months old, they're starting to hold themselves up. They're on all fours, like getting ready to crawl. So to help encourage them to build the strength to crawl, what we do is we play magic carpet ride. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds good. It's so much fun. So moms or dads or grandparents or caregivers, whoever's bringing baby to class, you put them down on all fours on their favorite blanket, and then we put an object in the middle, normally a bubble machine or something that will really draw their attention. Mm -hmm. So we start by seeing if we can get them to reach for it. So that's lifting one hand. I'd like that's the start of a yoga pose, really. Yes. So that builds arm strength and core strength for them. And then we play um, like Magic Carpet Ride from Aladdin, which is, I don't know, I'm, I'm a Disney baby, so I love that <laughs> movie. So I play Magic Carpet Ride. Uh, and I get parents to grab the front of that blanket and keep their kids up on all fours and start to pull the blanket around the room on a magic carpet ah, ride. And we pull so them closer and closer. Yeah. So they have to stay up. So it's legs, it's core, it's arms, it's everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as they get older, as they start to crawl, then we start to do 
almost like a baby obstacle course. So we'll put, you know, different objects that we know they're going to want to go to, whether it's kinetic sand, a bubble machine, um, <laughs> like a, a water table. We put things that's going to draw them towards it around the room and we encourage them to crawl to it and we'll do almost like freeze dance games. So, okay, babies, we can crawl and we can play, but when the music stops, we have to stop moving. Okay. So we work on their stop start reflexes and moms and dads are there the whole time to help them. That's amazing. And we move that right up through to, you know, parent and talk classes once they mm -hmm. start walking where we practice, you know, loud toes and soft toes or fast toes and slow toes. Um, can you match your toes to the beat? Can you match your hands to the beat? Can we pretend our room is a drum? Can you drum on the floor with your hands? And we do yes. all kinds of different things where the kids are building fine motor skills. They're building strength. Um, they're, you know, they're learning different rhythms, they're counting and they have no idea that they're learning. They're just having a blast with mom and dad or Nana and Papa, whoever comes with them. And it's all about building those, those early skills while deepening that bond with mom and dad. Wonderful. So that's really a program for the whole family. It now, is. Now, yeah. what about when the parents get older, the children get out of the house and they think about some way to exercise? Is there anything that you offer for older people? I do. So I have adult dance classes. Um, we do, you know, we sort of do, I call it my music video class. So however many people come in, I say to them, like, what was your favorite music video? And most of them are always like, oh, Backstreet Boys. Like, everybody Backstreet's back. Love that dance. That's Those must be young people. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll learn dances to songs that they like. And mm -hmm. it's really more of like a social hour. We dance the whole time, but it's all laughing and joking. And at the end of the class, you know, they've learned a little routine to go home. Yeah. Um, and then we also do something called brain dance. Oh. So it's another type of dance that I've gotten certification in. And it's similar to what we do with the babies, with building those fine motor skills, with building the pathways in the brain. It's ways to do that with a more mature individual who may have experienced, you know, a stroke or some sort of, um, dementia is another big one. Um, mm -hmm. for the, for the older folks who are really looking for ways to stay active. And I must um, say, I've seen myself, people with dementia mm -hmm. wake up from music. Yes. I know I was a lot in the Ivy Meadows nursing home where my second yes, mom, yeah. my Canadian mom was there. And there was one lady particular, I never forget her. She was pretty much not saying anything, mm -hmm. not doing anything, walking around mute. She sat down on the piano, started playing the most oh, wow. wonderful music. Wow. And I thought, oh my God, there is really a person still in the brain. Yeah. So that is amazing that you do all that. Well, music's it's such a universal mm. language and it's something that's rooted so deeply in our brains. Um, I actually, last night, I have two international students that live with me. Mm -hmm. And with my international students and my daughter last night, we watched Greece because I realized none of them knew what Greece was. And that's <laughs> awful to me. So we watched Greece and I knew every word to every song. And <sighs> I joked with them. I said, you know, what kind of space would I have in my head if I didn't have all of these lyrics back there somewhere? But, I, you know, you hear a song and it kind of transports you back to a different place in time. Yeah. And so when we design those classes, when we have senior citizens in our classes, we'll say to, you know, if they're the ones that's registering them or if it's, um, you know, a son or daughter registering them, say, you know, I'd really like mom to get out of the house or I'd like dad to get out of the house. We say, you know, what's their favorite music? What, what did they listen to a lot? And we incorporate that music and... Mm -hmm. It just, you know, when you hear a song that means something to you, it brings you alive. And so I try with all of my dance classes to find 
age-appropriate music, no matter what the age, Hmm. uh, situational-appropriate music, and to really find ways to engage them beyond just standing at the front and saying, okay, toes together, we're going to do some plies. I try and find what's going to work best for each individual that walks into my classroom. Now, that is wonderful. And I know, for example, that many Parkinson uh, patients start being able to walk again with music. Yeah. Or stutterers start being able to talk when they sing mm-hmm. without stuttering. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits to music, and I love that you are so involved in that. Yeah. Um, we it's it's a program I'm hoping to expand as time goes on, but we we've tried to really impress upon our younger dancers. Um, you know, do the physical activity now. Build the strongest and the healthiest body. Don't sit around eating garbage. Feed yourself well. Because so much of our health is tied to our insides and what we're putting in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I hold nutrition workshops with my kids and I try and teach them, you know, these are things that are good for your bones. These are things that are good for your gut. These are Mm -hmm. things that will help you take care of your body now so that when you're older, you know, you, you set yourself up to be so much healthier and, you know, hopefully to to prevent some things if you can, because there's so much evidence tied to the exercise and the nutrition we give ourselves now, helping to prevent some conditions when you're older. That is so true. And I love that you do that, especially with the kids. Uh, nowadays, there's more awareness what food can do for you, what mm-hmm. nutrition can do for you, even though it's not yet everywhere in the conventional yeah. uh, wisdom. But there's a lot that that you can do to set them up for a good future. And that's one of the things that I say all the time. You need to plan your health. Like you plan plan your funeral, you plan your wedding, everything, but nobody plans their health. They think it happens to them. Right. But not most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time you can predict it. Oh, my God, they're getting older. They have been all their life eating junk, sitting around, watching TV, video Mm -hmm. games all the time. No wonder they get diabetic, they yeah. get all kinds of diseases. Yeah, I, I I strongly believe that it's important to take care of our bodies now mm-hmm. um, to the point where I tell my, my competitive dancers, I'll say to them, you know, involvement in the community, being active, being out and doing things. Mm-hmm. It's so important that I'll tell my dancers, if you can prove to me that you have joined a one hour a week activity that's bettering your health like outside of what you're doing maybe you do yoga maybe you're taking a cooking class whatever you're doing I'll give you credit towards your dance classes because it's so important to me that they're out and they're they're doing things so that's a nice thought to bring us to the end of today's show thank you very much Sarah to be on my show today it was a blast (laughs) (laughs) and if you have any questions comments of the listeners don't hesitate to contact me my email here is christine c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-e at communityradio.ca and I'm always grateful for feedback and if you want to contact Sarah know where her studio exactly is please send me an email or look her up in Beaverbank. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer Jim Francis. Thanks for being an awesome producer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.